At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, Marcus here with exciting news. This show, along with your other LPN favorites, is going exclusive to Spotify on Valentine's Day 2020. Woo-hoo. You can download and listen with a free account, and all of our episodes are already over there. So what are you waiting for? Listen to The Last Podcast Network, free on Spotify. Coming down the aisle, it's time to farm. Who the hell are you to tell the chop anything? Yeah! He has broken it! And that's the final five. I've got the star of profile like never before. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Who is it? It's me, Katie Dirks. Hi. What up, Katie? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm 14 days no booze. <gasps> Samesies. Really? Are you yeah. half weed like me as well? Or are no, you I'm going... straight. I'm straight cold, stone cold sober. You know what? I don't think I'm ever going to do that. I don't think I That's can fair. physically handle just being stone cold sober because... Then all of a sudden, what are you doing? You know, then what's happening? How do you do it? You know, you just have to stay off Twitter. Ah, yes, Twitter. Stay off Twitter. Stay off the social media comment section, you know. And of course, if you are stone cold sober, uh, that is wonderful. Congratulations. I want to thank everyone who has been DMing me and emailing me. They're all telling me about their uh, issues with addiction. I get a lot of emails about people who are addicted, and they say, congratulations, Ben, and I'm going to say you too, Katie, congratulations, Katie, congratulations on being 14 days or 13 days, going on 14 days, no booze, and then they go on to say, I remember when I was kicking methadone. It was really difficult for me, and the withdrawals were really hard, and I'm like, I'm just not drinking Bud Light. (laughs) I got so many messages from people being like, when I was doing cocaine four times a day, it was tough to stop. And I'm like, you really had to do something. I yeah. am literally just not drinking Bud Light. I was slightly sick, though. I did I get a little say, bit sick. Do you feel better? I feel better now. My voice is coming back. I no longer have flu-like symptoms. And mm. Puffin says, Ben, it's just nice to have a father again. <laughs> Although I have always been there for Puffin, and he is he's dramatic. I will say this. One of my favorite things about your Instagram is um, is Puffin's voice, is Puffin's opinion. Well, Puffin has a lot of controversial opinions. He's against yeah. graffiti. Don't even get him going on a whole series of hot topics that we're not even going to broach <laughs> on this show. Oh, I mean, he so saw funny. the movie Cats, and he was like livid, and he's still upset about it. And you know, there's a lot of issues with Puffin that I'm not going to disclose until Puffin feels free talking about them with the American people. You know what? That's a fair. That's a that's that's respectable. Yep, no problem. Perhaps Respectful. I'll do. A, perhaps I'll do on one of the four shows that I do here at LPN. Maybe I'll do a fifteen-minute corner with Puffin one day, and he can <sighs> let the American people know, and the Canadian people, and the Uruguayan people, and all of the people that are listening across the world. He'll let them know what he thinks about a bunch of stuff, and then we'll see if the American people, or again, the worldwide community, still loves Puffin. I mean, I love I love this. So today's episode, we have a lot to talk about. First of all, speaking of Twitter, Katie said the T word. I did. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened with another T word, Tessa. <gasps> Tessa Blanchard, of course, she was last week's. Um, we talked about her. She was wrestler of the year for Impact Wrestling. She had a kick-ass match with Sammy Callahan. Mm-hmm. She is now the champion, which a lot of people are extremely proud of her and impressed. But not everyone 
is proud of her or impressed with her, specifically with her backstage antics. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Mick Foley. He has discussed AEW and he says he loves AEW. He loves what they're doing. But he brings up an interesting point that Katie and I want to talk about when it comes to matches every Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite. Do you go all the way in every match or Mm -hmm. does that end your career early? Should you rein it in a little bit like they do in the WWE? So we're going to have that conversation. And then we are also going to be talking about the revival. Are they going to stay or are they going to leave? And King Corbin actually has some good news for him in his real life. He's getting a lot of respect out there in the streets. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We could call it respect. It is respect. We'll discuss. But the first thing we're going to talk about today is a little inside story about Booker T. How amazing is Booker T, by the way? The Spinner Rooney, Harlem Heat, one of uh, the icons of professional wrestling. He really, yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend and he's so supportive of the new generation of wrestlers and he's just like a, he's just, he's just a good, good egg. He is a good egg. He and his wife, Charmel, they met in WWE. They fell in love and he's been with her for like 20 years. Yeah, I mean- Especially in wrestling, where they're all sleeping with each other. Oh, they're all so... Can you imagine trying to be in a relationship? See, that that's the thing. Everyone always like... Everyone's like, Randy Savage was a little bit possessive of Miss Elizabeth. No. And that is true. Yeah. And that's not right. It's, I mean, no. Yeah. But, but you also have a situation where you are surrounded by the most physically perfect human beings yeah. in on the planet. Yeah. I would be in there. I don't know if I could stay um, monogamous. I'm not even gay, but at some point you're just around so many people. At what point does it become cheating when you're just touching another man's abs obsessively? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and there, there is a thin line. And it's also like it, my one of my friends said it best. Uh, wrestlers have the vanity of athletes and the insecurity of actors. Oh, that's a perfect storm for just everyone's having sex with each other. Everybody's hooking up. They need to be. The amount of chlamydia, the amount of just disgust. The disturbing amount of STDs that must be circling around the locker room in every professional wrestling locker room, whether it be or indie wrestling locker room, any wrestling yeah. locker room full of STDs. It's got to be messy. It's got to be messy. A God messy. Knows. I hope everyone's safe and they take care of themselves as if they take care of themselves, they take care of other wrestlers. But it seems like. <laughs> well, have fun in there. I mean, obviously with yeah. Miss Elizabeth, at some point we're going to talk about this story. We'll maybe do that in the upcoming weeks here. Yeah. But Miss Elizabeth, Randy Savage wasn't wrong when he was worried that Miss Elizabeth might be seeing someone on the side. Because, of course, speaking of vanity, she yeah. was hooking up with Lex Luger, who somehow now looks worse than Randy Savage does. And Randy yeah. Savage is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he's decaying. <laughs> he is decaying. And somehow Lex Luger still looks worse. I Yeah. It's just, it seems like an industry. Uh, and we're, I feel like, pretty close to it, if not or like adjacent to it. Uh, that, you know, people are, you know, they get around. They have some fun. And they as they around. should. They're all pretty people. Absolutely. Have a good time out there. Be safe. Well, speaking of pretty people having fun, Booker T., He's got a bit of a past that is that goes beyond Harlem Heat, of course, with him and his brother. I still mm-hmm. would say they are one of the top five tag teams of all time. I That's think fair. they don't get enough respect. I completely agree with you. He and his bro, Stevie Ray, they were icons in WCW and kept that promotion afloat for a long time. Booker T, when he was just 22 years young, he wasn't doing spinner He wasn't doing scissor kicks. He was doing armed robbery. And this story, it has a component of it that is completely adorable, and we will get into it. So he really takes a turn there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it really takes a turn. It really does because it's it's hilarious. So as you know, Katie, I worked at Wendy's. Did you know that? I think I knew that. I'm a Wendy's aficionado. I understand everything about Wendy's, the square patties. I mean, they're not that bad. I like Wendy's. Don't eat the chili because that's old meat. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's old meat in the chili. It's chili. It, it's meat that is no longer legally allowed to be served on a hamburger. But then somehow there's a loophole in the law that's like put it in the chili, and Puts that sauce I guess it. cleans it. It's like put a toe in the chili. And you're like no, that's not a problem anymore. It's it's in the chili, so everything is safe. Okay. The chili is the safe space for old meat. 
I've oh, said God. it before and I'll say it again. So, so gross. Booker T. So Booker T worked at a Wendy's and this was out in Houston, but apparently they weren't paying him enough money because Booker T was strapped for cash, I guess. So he ended up going with three of his buddies and they decided to rob that Wendy's in which he worked. So the group of four men actually this is where it gets sort of adorable. They're going in for the holdup, and you can just see Booker T just emphatically planning this, though, in in their apartment, just like scripting everything out on paper, (laughs) just like circling things like he's true detective, just like figuring out how we're going to get in, how we're going to get out. Just the intensity that Booker T has was probably more extreme at 22, because now he's relaxed, and he is still one of the most intense wrestlers out there. Yeah, he had a mission. He had a mission. And they were, they were out to, to, with, to serve a purpose. Out to serve a purpose, out to get something done. So he and, uh, he and his three buddies, they went into the Wendy's that they work at. They held it up. This was in 1987. And the police were able to track him down, and they charged him with two counts of aggravated robbery. He ended up being sentenced to five years in prison. Like, come on. Well, it is technically armed robbery. If you were I working know. at that Wendy's, it would be like preferred if that didn't happen. It would have been nice if I didn't get armed or robbed it today. <laughs> but the reason that they were able to catch Booker T and his buddies is one of the funniest reasons I've ever heard. It's because Booker T wore his Wendy's employee shirt when he went to rob the store. So then the cops looked at the footage and they were like, it's possible this came from the inside. And then everyone's <laughs> like, how'd you figure job. that out, Sherlock? Like, well, he was wearing his employee's uniform. Maybe, you know, he didn't want to get caught walking in. He was just going to work. Going to work. Nothing to see here. Next thing you know, he's robbing the store. This reminds me of the movie Friday where the dude got fired on his day off for stealing boxes. <laughs> this might be that level of just like, Brooke, Booker, you got to get into pro wrestling, buddy, because you don't yeah. have a career as a criminal because this is this is a pretty easy thing to avoid. Yeah, and yeah. You he got really caught get, right away. He got caught right away. Like, I, I get it, though. What do you know? What do you get? I get it. Like, I get, I mean, look, I don't support bad behavior in a business or like taking things out but it's wendy's like did anyone get hurt no one no no one did get hurt no one did get hurt it was armed robbery which means there was a weapon right there was a gun yeah okay i don't i don't sign off on the gun thing but like i get going into your business and being like you know what fuck you i'm taking everything in the register and i'm out of here if you work at wendy's why can't you like johnny cash with that song one piece at a time why don't you that. just start skimming out of the register? Start yeah. going into the manager's office, take 20, take 30. Just enough where it's like, is there a little mouse in here stealing some money? It's just weird. a little bit of cash slowly over time really yeah. adds up. Office And he's already it. on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Office space, right? The movie Office Space. Yeah, yeah. Office space it. Do a little bit of office spacing, although keep it contained. Yeah. Yeah. Manageable. Keep a, it gun, a gun in a Wendy's uniform isn't quite manageable. That could get out of hand pretty quickly. It's the easiest case <laughs> I've ever heard to solve. It is like, oh, do you have a big employee here? He's like six foot three black dude. And they're like, Booker. Yeah, I think it was him. Oh, yeah. That sounds, yeah. yeah. Raspy voice. That He's sounds about right. He's very identifiable. I love Booker. <laughs> um, so this is adorable. So he was sentenced to five years in prison. However, he only served 19 months Thank God, because then he found the professional wrestling industry shortly after, and he turned his life around. So professional wrestling, saving Booker T from going down an extremely stupid path of criminality. He's just not going to be good enough at it. He's a great pro wrestler, Hall of Famer. He would not be in the Gangster Hall of Fame. He's not a good criminal. Turns out. Thank God. Not a good criminal. Because I'm much happier to have him in the ring contained within the four uh, the the ropes as opposed to uh the walls of a jail cell it's nice that he's in the squared circle and not just a concrete square i like what you did there thank you i love that so that's a little tale about booker t armed robbery 1987 22 years young the mugshot looks great he's very handsome guy and without that experience he may not be a professional wrestler i think he realized at that point he's like I'm going to have to figure something out. He's got he's got to get on the straight and narrow. Also, how do you think Booker did in prison? I feel like it's funny because even in this mugshot picture, you can see like he's jacked. He's jacked at a young age. He looks like kind of strong. 
I wonder if he was, because, you know, professional wrestlers, I say this all the time, professional wrestlers are like actors who work out, like they want to perform. Yes. They're like theater nerds who yes. also can squat 500 pounds or more. Yes. So they're very emotional. They're very sensitive. They oh, yeah. just want to get over with the crowd. They want Vince to be happy. They want everyone to like them. They're performers. Or even hate if, them. Or hate them, whatever it is. They're performers at heart. And I feel yeah. like performers at heart don't really do well in prison because there's no audience. And everyone's just really mean. Yeah, and I feel like, although like appearance wise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with Booker T in prison. Definitely not. That's a big motherfucker, and uh, he's got a raspy voice. I feel like he has a presence, but beyond that presence, he's just a giant kitten. Oh, absolutely, and especially just a now, little kitty. Booker T now is in his George Foreman selling grills phase. Yes, where when George, like my vision of George Foreman is a heavyset man who is a grandfather who sells the uh, what was it the mean the mean lean grilling machine yes and that is my idea of George Foreman and then I went back a couple of years ago and I saw <laughs> his matches that he used to have his boxing mm-hmm. fights yeah that man is the scariest human being on earth and my idea of what he is is just a chubby dude being like super adorable who named all of his kids George <laughs> He just wants to make burgers for everybody. He just wants to feed everyone. He just wants healthy to feed food. everyone. Exactly. A nice, healthy hamburger. Because if you're on a diet, what is better to eat than a hamburger? I mean, what are they? They squish them. It squishes them. It pushes all the juice out a of panini. them. A panini. Oh, yes. The, the mean green grilling machine. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you it's can like drink you, you can drink the fat that drips down there. So that's, that's a whole all, other. That's that's the inside. <laughs> whole other you, party. You add that to your Bloody Mary. <laughs> You add a oh little my God, bacon that fat to it. It really does. When I start drinking again, I'm doing a bacon fat Bloody Mary. I don't care. I'm gonna die. I mean, don't die, but that sounds amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, same thing. Same thing goes for Mike Tyson. There's a whole generation of kids now who are just like Mike Tyson. He has that television show. He has that cartoon and an Adult Swim. And I'm like, that man. First of all, he is. Uh, he did his time. He served his sentence. Yeah. But in the ring, that man will kill your ass. Have you watched Mike Tyson Mysteries? Yes, I have. It's uh, quite adorable. I fucking love that show. It yeah. is very underrated. Adult Swim, you know, they bring the heat, and it's just yeah, his story. Do. There's a whole generation of people being like, Mike Tyson is so funny and cute. I'm like, yeah. you got to go watch like 89, 91, 92 yeah. Mike Tyson and just get scared of him again because that's how you should always feel. Like, we are so lucky that Mike Tyson is no longer crazy because if he was, he would still... I mean, it would just be, it would be madness. The whole world, he could take yeah. on the entire world. He could, we could put him in Syria and the entire conflict is over. <laughs> he would just Rambo it. He would Rambo the entire thing. He's the closest thing to a real life Rambo that we've ever had. I, uh, yes. And, uh, but at the same time, also artistic. His one man show was hilarious. Exactly. And he loves pigeons. So what can be wrong with pigeons. that? He truly loves pigeons. Pigeons are like rats with wings though, in my opinion. You know, I, I, had, like. I had a mouse in my apartment that I didn't mind. I named it Pudgy. But then I had a rat, and I didn't quite realize how horrible those rats are. I don't like rats, and I like pretty much every animal, but rats, they're, they'll kill your ass. Really? Oh, I my God. It ate, it ate all my T-shirts. <gasps> Rude. All right. Well, let's move on to some wrestling news. Let's talk about Tessa Blanchard, because this whole story exploded over the weekend. A lot of people were accusing her of a whole series of things. Oh, boy. She might be a meanie behind the scene. Who the hell knows what's going on? I don't believe anything that's said on Twitter. It seems like there might be some jealousy at play, and perhaps there is some truth to the accusations. So Tessa Blanchard, she managed to win the Impact World title at Hard to Kill. Uh, Mm -hmm. She beat Sammy Callahan. Again, if you haven't watched the matches with her and Sammy, they have been they have been truly really amazing matches. Yeah, she is she is she's such a talented athlete. She's an incredible wrestler, and she has been involved in one of the one of the stronger storylines with intergender wrestling that I've ever seen. Absolutely, with her and Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan was an amazing heel and did things that made me very uncomfortable <laughs> as far as like inter- intergender wrestling. But understanding that like there was always a thin line with Cam- with Sammy's. Um, performance element that I was like where where am I on the on this side of like that's not okay but he's also a heel like there's a very thin line for me yeah he goes there he goes he there he goes there he really does it is yeah. uncomfortable and it's one of those things where it's like if you feel if you're one of those people sort of like myself and perhaps Katie where it's like I don't know about Katie I don't know maybe you can answer for yourself 
Oh, okay. But I don't really get traumatized very easily. I kind of I sure. feel like I've seen it all, even though I, I'm sure that I haven't. But I feel like I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of weird stuff in my life so far. Yeah. Sammy Callahan still pushes certain buts- buttons yeah. in your brain where you're like, mm, okay, well, that's making me feel slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, I I I trusted the fact that if impact impact knows they have two incredible stars working right now together and they're going to and if they fuck this storyline up they will make like the impact hasn't had a great run in the last few years and if they fuck this up it's just gonna they're gonna lose more than they'd gain absolutely oh this was a huge risk when it comes to intergender matches, they definitely yeah. went for a grand slam, and I think mm-hmm. they hit it with this. They absolutely hit it, and I think that they they knew what they were getting into with Tessa, uh, as far as like what came to light over the weekend, right? And they were like, "Fuck it, we need it, and we're gonna do it." And they they did a great job. It just sucks that the timing of this for like intergender wrestling kind of stole a spotlight from the actual match Uh, a little bit a little bit so what happened on twitter again a a platform for people who probably need to go to therapy (laughs) she tweeted out hey women try supporting one another cool things can happen and then we're going to get into the irony bus immediately (laughs) like literally irony bus it's about to take off you gotta go to school oh god i was literally immediately uh, shit went down. I was I was at Disneyland with Good. um husband James, and we were walking around, and all of a sudden we have a our documentary has a wrestling a wrestling uh Twitter, so we I was all of a sudden getting all these notifications on wrestling Twitter. I was like, what just happened? Things are happening, and I texted I texted you Ben, and I was yep. like, things are happening on Twitter with Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> I'm like, what is the going shit on? Shit is going down, and then I I just I was watching it kind of in real time, figuring out like okay, something happened with. Tessa behind the scenes she got emotional she tweeted she was like fuck this if you guys hey why don't you support me or whatever unbeknownst to me she was poking what seemed to be a a, a bear that was very very angry that has been quiet for a very long time uh, an amazingly angry bear so this is what happened so she tweeted that out and then immediately uh, Chelsea Green came in. Chelsea Green says on Twitter. Who just debuted at NXT. Quote on Twitter, you've consistently put down, bullied, and belittled countless female workers, including me. Is that support? Bum, bum, bum. Open the floodgates. <laughs> Open the floodgates. Allison Kay. Remember when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? Was that you supporting woman? The audacity of this tweet. Oh, boy. And Priscilla Kelly weighed in. Of course, Our we girl. had Priscilla Kelly on the podcast. If you want to listen to that, please feel free. Uh, you may know Priscilla Kelly from, I guess we're calling it Tampon Gate. Tampon Gate on the Indies. Yeah, she's awesome. On the Indies, she is great. She's married to Darby Allen, who is also great. And we're going to talk about both her and him in our later conversation regarding should wrestlers go 110% every match or should they hold back every now and again so they can have long careers? Because I certainly want them to have long careers So we can watch them and enjoy all of their hard work and art. So she writes in, again, this is about Tessa Blanchard's tweet about supporting women. Priscilla Kelly says, remember publicly putting me down on Twitter last year for something that didn't involve you whatsoever? Then continuing to drag my name to other people for it. Pepperidge Farm remembers, you should probably delete this tweet. And I did not know what this Pepperidge Farm remembers thing is. No. So I was like, what the hell does all that mean? I'm on the internet being like, Pepperidge Farm? What is that? Apparently, it's a family guy meme. Yeah, you and me both. We were both out of the loop on that one. <laughs> this is why it's good to have younger people around because then they tell me, Ben, you're an idiot. You're old. We're old. Pepperidge Farm, it's a meme. And I said, what's a meme to me? I don't even know. <laughs> so Priscilla Kelly weighing in, uh, upset with Tessa Blanchard at the audacity that she would say, try supporting women cool things can happen and then of course casey michael said sure hon she bullied renee mitchell in an indie show and they had a tussle of some sort i figured people involved would know more details tessa blanchard responded to chelsea green of course chelsea green again she's the one who wrote you've constantly put me down bullied and belittled countless female co-workers uh, tessa blanchard says i've never been anything but kind to you 
I've dealt with mean girls since I started. Not saying that I'm a saint. Hell, I've had my ups and downs, and I've made silly decisions, such as life. You have zero merit in your comments. Instead, putting me down here for a little clout, you've got my number. So Tessa Blanchard and a whole bunch, in this case of female wrestlers, are going at it on Twitter. But you know what? And I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't know what's real and what's not real. The N-word thing at New Japan Pro Wrestling where she spit in a black woman's face. Did it happen? Did it not happen? I don't, like, no one says that they were there. Are there any witnesses or anything to this? Well, here's here's the other side of this coin. It seems as though she has had a reputation for quite a while. And as the story was coming out, there were younger wrestlers that have taken classes from her um, or seminars from her. And uh, men and women came out being like, oh, yeah, no, this everyone knew that she's like this. Uh, and it turns out that when she was in the Mae Young Classic with WWE, okay. WWE passed on her because of her quote unquote attitude problem. Mm-hmm. And when she went to Impact, Impact knew about her past and knew about her uh, ev- like the things that she did in Japan that weren't necessarily that were in her character that I don't agree with. <laughs> oh, so she um, was playing. It was kayfabe. Whatever happened in New Japan, she was in character. I think think so i'm not i'm still not a hundred i'm not a hundred percent that would change everything then i i don't know i does it i don't know i think i think using the n-word and spitting on somebody uh without well, it if being you did like... it at a denny's yes and of course <laughs> even in character um it, it's pushing the envelope but if it is yeah. in character that is like that changes everything i don't see it doesn't change anything for me she's an actor it's like if you're an actor and you have a script like when henry did kevin barnett's uh, pilot yeah, Kevin. Oh my! Um, January twenty second will be the one year uh, anniversary Aww. of Kevin's passing. Uh, think about him every day. But Kevin, every time he would book Henry and Murder Fist, it was always Klansmen or police officers. So in this booking, Henry had to be a cop who just said like horrible things. Oh my god! Um, yeah. I don't know. Like it, so, but if it's in character that's totally different than if it's Tessa Blanchard the person that's acting that's that's scripted work and if she's trying to get over as a heel well that's a hell of a heel turn well he, here's my i guess my issue on it is is that it's being thrown at her not that as henry if... said the n word in that in that show i don't want to say it, i'm just saying <laughs> kevin was like go keep on going like they were feeding henry lights anyway i'm just saying actors actors yes. say things that they don't mean as people they're yes. acting from my from the way it was being thrown around, the allegations were being thrown around on Twitter. I was under the impression that it may have been in the ring. However, this was not a kayfabe situation. It oh, seems as if like okay. that's the way it seemed. That's the way it's coming off on Twitter. Again, we are on the outside looking in, so we don't know the ins and outs of this. My whole take on this thing is that it seems like she has quite the past and quite sure. the history. Who doesn't? And I think everyone, like a lot of the like. The, the pushback was coming as like, oh, well, why is Chelsea Green attacking her now? It's because she has a big match. I'm like, well, my my take on this is, well, she poked the bear. She straight up said, hey, why isn't anyone supporting me? And it's because she has a reputation of being an asshole. Mm. So everyone's like, yeah, sure, go win your match. Okay, go get him. But isn't there some... that That's true. So she said a tweet. The, the tweet is innocuous. The it's tweet very is literally innocuous. just like, it's like seven words and it's just like, hey, let's try to support each other. But you you make a good point if she has a history of not supporting people in the ring. But then again, isn't this like a little, I don't want to use the word sexist in a way because, but isn't this like a, this is just a weird difference when yeah. it comes to conversations, when it comes to a, when it comes to dudes kicking each other's asses backstage, doing anything they can to get to the middle of the ring during a main event. Yeah, it's considered ballsy. It's considered tough. It's considered, hey man, it's a cutthroat industry. Dog eat dog. Tessa yeah. Blanchard not being in the WWE because, quote unquote, attitude problems. Yo, CM Punk made his career off of attitude problems. Yeah. So it does seem a little bit to me, and I, I'm not like Miss Mr. Pro Tessa Blanchard here because again, sure. I have no idea uh, what actually went down. But it does seem to me a little bit like, okay, so you want her to be this badass bitch in the ring, beating the fuck out of Sammy Callahan, who is one of the most aggressive, hardcore wrestlers working today. But then also behind the scenes, you want her to be like a princess. You want her to be like super polite, super courteous and like a perfect girl. 
I mean, that's I mean, a, you again, make a great point. I don't point. know anything about the New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just putting right. that aside. But, like, what do you want her to do? Like, you want her to be super nice to every single female wrestler that she knows? It's like, technically, there is a competition going on, yeah. especially with the female wrestlers. There's not as many matches, and there's not as many of them. Right. No, and I, I you, make, you make a very valid point to her, because any guy that has been in her position has been especially back in the day and she's telly blanchard's daughter she comes from she's a legacy she comes from old school she comes from four horsemen they were all legendary assholes and pieces of shit so i mean to so like should she be a piece of shit no but should she have poked the bear the way she did it seems a little like she was clearly venting about something that happened publicly and everyone unleashed on her and now she has now it's all out in the open she's an asshole but you know what who i'm sorry who is her who's her dad telly oh no kidding yeah telly blanchard yeah she's legacy i did not know that um i guess it makes sense given the last night yeah it all checks out but the only (laughs) thing that makes me want to come a little bit to like not her defense but just a little bit to where it's like now you all are just kind of piling up on her under right. this guise that she's the bully it's sort of this right. weird flip that people yes. do where it's like you were mean to me once and then you get all 50 of your friends to shit on this person for like the entire freshman year or something yeah. like that or like for for like all of high school is ruined for this person because they did one thing that was bad or something yeah. and but you still do it because you think they're the bully and it's like take a look at yourself before you judge someone else right what are you saying how is this behavior really necessary that's the question for every across the board and also when it comes to women's wrestling yo there is one woman in professional wrestling that has a belt that doesn't have the word woman in front of it yeah and that's tessa blanchard yeah so you can crap on her all you want and you can bring her down all you want but it's not making any of these women it's not getting them booked more it ain't making them look good Right. I think they should have just taken the higher road and been like, yo, congratulations. I'm going to kick your ass to get that belt. Yeah. And like keep it kayfabe. I agree keep with you. Kayfabe. I think that like I, it's unfortunate that it went down the way it did. And it's unfortunate that it took away the spotlight from what I consider a really important match for women's wrestling. Um, but at the same time, it's just like I said, it's just unfortunate that everyone got dragged into this and have probably said things that they regret now that they've slept on it. And it's just it's just unfortunate. It's sad yeah. to see. And if you want like a world of political correctness, wrestling is not where you're going to find it. No. And, and I don't know I what just, the hell happened, but these people, yeah. wrestlers are, um, they're jacked up on some stuff. And I don't think they're exactly the most PC crowd around. No. And it's not, it's an unregulated, it's unregulated and there's no protocol and you handle things emotionally and. I get it. And while I think that she's probably done some things in her past that she hopefully regrets, um, I feel bad for anyone that, you know, experienced those things for her. And they're all kind of telling their own side of their, of their stories. Um, it's just sad that it went down the way it did. I agree. And I wish that everyone could just, I just want everyone to get along. Everyone needs to heal. That's what I say. But yeah. Tessa does bring up a good point when it comes to, I believe it was Green, Michelle Green. You have my Chelsea. number. Text me. What is it? Yeah. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. She's like, you have my number. Text me. And that's how I feel. If you have an issue with me, text me. Let's work Let's on talk that. about I, it. I would apologize. You know, like, let me know. Yeah. But it's like to, to put it on blast like that, once it goes on Twitter, it mm-hmm. loses a little bit of like authenticity to me. Text me first. And if you're an asshole, then I'll take it public. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's like if you want to heal from this, if you really want like to get on the same page again and like work on like forgiveness and apologies and all that stuff, you got to have a conversation with one another, not on Twitter, because yeah. I don't Twitter is a prism that no longer reflects reality properly. It just doesn't. It's just been ruined. I was on Twitter today and I'm like, none of this is real. Like, none of it. None of it. And we're going to talk the political version of none of this is real. Travis and I will be talking about that in, on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat this week. It's just there is so much nonsense on there. So as soon as it goes to that level of trolling, it yeah. just turns me off to such a degree where I'm like, now everyone looks horrible. That's all that's happened is the woman, women of professional wrestling look horrible. Yeah, it just, yeah, like it just was unfortunate. Oh, I agree. All right. Well, that's that's the Tessa Blanchard scandal and of Hot course you can goss. email us what's the email katie uh it is kind of fun lpn at gmail.com kind of fun lpn at gmail.com let us know what you think about the tessa blanchard scandal
Should she uh, apologize? Should she not apologize? Should she just move on and keep on crushing it? Should the, what do you what do you think? Is there a double standard? I, I see a little yeah. bit of a double standard here because you think about Shawn Michaels, you think about the Click, they were huge bullies. You think about um, horsemen. You think about the horsemen. You think about uh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name. He was with Farouk for a while in a tag team. Tall mm. dude, white I man. He's on Fox News Business. He's very oh, tall. Oh my God. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I can't remember his name. You have to think about him. No, I can't remember his name. John Layfield. There it is. That's who it is. John Layfield. I, that one was not going to come to me. He's notoriously mean. He's yeah. giving people swirlies and stuff. Yeah, no, he's an asshole. He is an asshole, but he still has a career. People are allowed to work, even if they are not necessarily your version of what a great person is. All right, here it is. Let's move on here. Speaking of working, The Revival. This is an, you know, what do you think about The Revival? Of course, currently they're a WWE tag team. Um, They're old school. They don't necessarily, they're not necessarily jacked up, but they wrestle pretty badass. Yeah, I do. Look, they're good wrestlers. They haven't, they keep having storyline that doesn't necessarily pop with the crowd they can't quite get over all the time it's dash wilder and scott dawson they're just kind of there so they filed for a new trademark scott dawson and dash wilder this seemingly points towards the revival leaving wwe within a couple of months i think aew could do some great stuff with the revival their w the aew needs to work on their tag team Mm-hmm. I don't think I think WWE right now, as far as tag teams go, are pretty amazing. I mean, you look at New Day, the Usos are back. You look at what's going on right now with uh, Viking Raiders, Heavy Machinery. Mm-hmm. You look yeah. at who else is out there right now for the WWE tag teams that are just absolutely badass. I feel like they're doing really, really great work with the tag team division in the WWE. Well, it's funny you say that because I also feel that AEW has some of the best tag teams there are between the Young Bucks and Private Party and uh, the Best Friends. But they don't have as many of them. Right. Yeah, they have a smaller roster. And, of course, the OC Club, uh, they used to be the boys with AJ Styles. They were his defender. Did you know, what's the name of the big dude from the OC? Gallows, right? Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows, at one point, he played Kane. Do you remember that angle? No. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, there was like a new Kane versus old Kane, and he was the new Kane in the same way that Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane, played the new Diesel. Luke Gallows was the new Kane, and that new. My goodness, there's a great documentary now on WWE Network all about Kane and his whole career. Glenn Jacobs sits down and breaks down like his top ten moments or whatever, and I totally forgot about New Diesel. New Diesel and New Razor were the two worst gimmicks in the history of professional wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. Which is a high bar. It's a very high bar because we've had dentists, we've had like got everything under the sun, from yeah. extremely racist to sexist to just straight up stupid to like just whatever it might be. Do you remember Katie Vick, the Katie Vick storyline? No, I don't. Oh my god, we have to do a whole other side story on Katie Vick. It's um, Katie Vick was a diva or a women's wrestler, a female Ooh. wrestler. And she's she was killed. She died. She's in a coffin the Uh-oh. following week. And uh, I believe it's either Kane or Triple H. They do a bit in front of the coffin. It's an open casket. And then the camera stands there. And Kane starts to uh, get handsy with a Katie Vick's corpse. And she's a corpse. In a coffin. Oh, my. Well, that sounds like a great storyline. <laughs> well, going back to uh, going Sorry. back to the revival, <laughs> on January 8th, uh, Dash Wilder, his real name is Daniel Wheeler. Scott Dawson, his real name is David Harwood. He filed, They filed for, quote, Shatter Machine Trademark. By doing this, it allows them to use the name for their finishing move, Outside of WWE, of course, Shatter Machine is their finisher. On January 1st, Wheeler filed for a trademark of hashtag FTR. On January 7th, both Harwood and Wilder filed for the 
hashtag FTRKO trademark, which I guess is just a sign of the times people are trademarking hashtags now. Which is, it's not cheap to trademark anything. It's also no, a it's very expensive. process. Yeah. So on January 1st, Wheeler filed for hashtag FTR trademark, uh, hashtag FTR. FTR stands for for the record. Um, so they're trademarking that. And then on January 7th, both of them filed a trademark for hashtag FTRKO. So it looks like they are trying to get their finisher trademarked and trying to get their hashtag trademark, uh, trademarked. But Katie, where the hell did this FTR even come from? I think it comes from a couple years ago. On being the elite, the before obviously the AEW was around, the revival and the Young Bucks had like a little a little Twitter spat going like kayfabe Twitter spat going back and forth, and in one of the being the elite episodes, Cody said "fuck the revival" on the actual episode. Oh, so this could be this could be a, a little uh, could be "fuck the revival" getting some traction. There seems to be a link between the two uh, between the revival and AEW. They've definitely flirted in the past. So AEW, if they take if they take over the revival, if they bring them over there, I think they are immediately contenders when it comes to the championship. I mean, I think they would have amazing matches with the Young Bucks. Oh yeah, they're they're a great tag team. They work together perfectly. Mm-hmm. Their in ring style is pretty badass. It's old school. It's just kind of ground and pound. Nothing extraordinary. You're not going to see a lot of high flying, but they make it. They sell it. They, yeah. they make it something entertaining to watch because at this point, everything that's old is new again. And at this point, it does kind of bring you back into a time machine of the 1980s. Um, for me, the guys, the Revival guys have never really done anything for me uh, at WWE. They've never been a breakout tag team. They've never really landed on anything that, I mean, they're great wrestlers. They're a great tag team, but there's never been anything that I'm like, oh my God, the Revival, they're amazing. Let me buy one of their t-shirts. Right, right. So who knows what's going to happen with the revival? You may see them in an AEW locker room lathering up Cody Rhodes at some point in the very, very near future. And of course, we also have news regarding uh, the leaving of Luke Harper. Looks like Luke Harper is also leaving, correct? Yes. Uh, Luke Harper is on the outs. I believe he's been let go already. It seems like an open secret, although when they were like my sources at AEW have been it's been like, oh, yeah, no, Luke is going to AEW. It seems it seems like it's an open secret AEW. But when Meltzer's been approached about it, he's been like, well, I don't really know what's happening. Meanwhile, everyone's told me been like, oh, yeah, no, Luke's going to AEW. Okay. So it could be Luke Harper over there at AEW, which I think would be amazing. They underused him in the WWE. Uh, I love everything that he did with Rowan. I loved what he did with the Wyatt family. I loved him in singles action. I was really hoping that he would get a push. Rowan now is getting a massive push. And I am truly wondering, what the hell is in that little cage that he carries around? I want to know. Do you? Yes, he reminds me of the great movie Basket Case. Where okay. it's like, maybe it'll be like a little like, get me out of here. Like, maybe it'll be like a little weird creature because obviously mm-hmm. it spit something because it spit red uh, all over that one dude's face. It spit like this red ink all over him. Maybe it's a squid. I don't know. Whatever it is, I want to see what the hell is in the damn, in the in the freaking cage. Well, then the WWE did their job. I know. They crushed For it. For once. <laughs> well, speaking of doing their job, let's have this conversation regarding Mick Foley and some constructive criticism that he gave to AEW. This is what he had to say. Foley talked about uh, how people are going out there. The product looks awesome. They're giving it 110%. um, But is that dangerous? Uh, This is what Foley had to say. He says, so guys are out there. It's it's an admirable trait that they want to have the best match they possibly can. But every guy wanting to have the best match at every venue doesn't necessarily lead to the best promotion. That's just my opinion. He goes on to say how AEW could really benefit from someone like a Gerald Briscoe. Uh, Gerald Briscoe is known for reigning in the talent and kind of 
telling people what to do, what not to do in the ring. If you're the first match, the middle match, or the final match, Briscoe was there to kind of help sculpt uh, what that performance would look like. This is what Gerald Briscoe told Mick Foley. He says, we know you like to do a lot of things. There may come a time when, you, when we ask you to do that, but until then, we're going to ask you not to. And Mick Foley credits that for improving the longevity of his career. So when we talk about what's going on specifically in AEW Impact Wrestling, and um, and Ring of Honor, because those are the dudes who are really trying to stand out. NXT to some degree as well. Yeah. NXT, although I think that that brand now has established itself as such an incredible force that maybe mm-hmm. they're kind of tightening up the reins a little bit. Yeah, and it's controlled at WWE. It's controlled. Do you think it is dangerous for someone, let's just say Darby Allen, who is notorious for taking bumps on the side oh. of the ring, which is literally steel, do you think that it comes a time where a wrestler needs to hold back a little bit in certain matches so when they do go all in in other matches, it becomes more impressive? Um, yeah, I, I, yes and no, because I feel like, because if you look at WWE, none of them are really going all out every single week. They're no. going in and they're just doing the moves and they're hitting their spots. And I mean, with the exception of Seth Rollins and maybe Becky Lynch, there's no one on the roster that is that is committing every to a match every single week um, as opposed to at AEW. I do feel like they are committing. Are they overcommitting? Yes, I do think that they are overcommitting. But I feel like they're selling so much harder on AEW than they are on WWE. When it comes to AEW, I know they have a lot to prove. It's still a baby. This thing has it's, been around yeah. for what? Eight months, a, a, year, a year, well, a year, a year for the company, and I think three months on TV, three and a half months on TV. Unbelievable. Yeah. If they want to have longevity, I think that Mick makes a great point. Yeah. Where it's like, does ever is anyone really going to remember that AEW Dynamite, or are they going to remember the next time AEW does a massive pay per view promotion? And when they see everyone going all out on that, it's going to be much more memorable than if you end up getting a career-ending injury or a injury that's going to sideline you for a year, middle carding on AEW Dynamite yeah. on TNT. You know, you're going to have 750,000 people on average watching it, sure. But was that worth you now losing your losing a year of your career when you could have just done a different bump, a different move, still had a compelling match, and save the really hardcore stuff for something that's going to have a million eyeballs on it. Yeah, right now they're going so hard on the weekly show. The bar is so high for what are they going to do on a, on a pay-per-view. They're, they're already redlining on, on Wednesday nights. What right. are they doing on a pay-per-view? Exactly. Like, how do you get, like, can we have, It's it's it reminds me of what um, ECW used to do. ECW was almost to the point where, I mean, I loved watching it. I used to get the tapes and stuff when I was growing up because it wasn't on TV or anything, uh, obviously being out of Philadelphia, and I was in Wisconsin. But I remember watching those matches, and by the end of it, you know, when Sandman is doing something completely insane or when New Jack is in there literally stabbing someone to death in the ring or, you know, just the countless amounts of physicality, the physical matches within ECW, by the end of it, it was almost like um, desensitizing. So you didn't right. even really like when someone does something off like a balcony and does a flip off a balcony, you're like, yeah, OK, that's that's cool. Right. But if yeah. you have like more of a mainstream type matches going before that you have your more like technical matches you got like a benoit versus a dean malenko type match which is going to be mm-hmm. on the mat unless benoit goes up for his head but it, it's really exciting wrestling it's a different style of pro wrestling and then when somebody jumps off a balcony you're like holy shit right that's insane but like i wonder if aew is running the risk of desensitizing their audience to the point where when darby allen does something amazing uh, when he flies 20 feet, you know, off of some structure, you know, onto someone, people are going to be like, yeah, that's what Darby Allen does. Right. Well, I think it also comes down to when they're putting the match together, like how many big spots do they need in a match versus who's going to sell for a, for a safer spot? Like right. if you set, look, if you commit to a match and you go out there and you give that match 110%, that is going to speak louder than high spot after high spot after dangerous high spot and doing these moves that would legitimately shorten your career if yep. you if you do do something wrong. And Jim Ross has actually commented on this before as well on AEW when you watch that. Sometimes you'll see a, a move and he, he will 
definitely be against it. Yeah. And there's, look, there's guys like Private Party to me are some of the I best high flyers there are. They're yes. so fucking good and they're so talented, but they take, they take bumps hard and it is, it is concerning because they are so new. They are, they're young guys in a game and they're so badass and they're so good at what they do that like, I don't want to see any, you know me, I don't want to see anybody get hurt on net for no reason. No. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, period. No, definitely not. And it reminds me, obviously, when you get older, your body changes. You can't do as many physical things as you used to. And you have to expand your game. It reminds me of like LeBron James or Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan came back uh, after going to play baseball for two years, perhaps because of some gambling debts. We don't know. Um, But he had to work on his fadeaway. He knew he he lost a step. He knew he wasn't going to hop as much. So he works on a fadeaway. LeBron is the same thing right now. He's working on his three game. Uh, He's working on his outside shot. He knows he's not going to be able to just drive and slam over anyone forever. Although I think he probably still can. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Probably still will be able to do that forever. But you got to work on your game. You got to work on your outside shot. You got to work on your inside game. You got to be more strategic. You have to have better footwork. And I think the same thing applies to professional wrestling. At yeah. some point, you look at Mick Foley, all of a sudden, Sako is out there. All of a sudden, you got the Rock and Sock connection. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the same dude that was doing M80 matches with Terry Funk in New Japan. This is the same guy who lost an ear in a ring because he got it cut off by a rope. This is the same guy who did barbed wire matches. And now yeah. I'm looking at him play with a sock puppet. Yeah. I mean he's he he if anyone's going to speak to this it's it should be Mick Foley cuz he has yes. the he has the resume to back it up of like he this is a guy who went really fucking hard early in his career and couldn't sustain some of the bumps that he was taking every yep. single night for the sake of the audience for the for the passion to give a good show yep. and I get it but I do agree with like if you're like WWE performers don't sell as well as AEW performers do. Right. Period. AEW gives 110% every single show. And I and I agree with you when it comes to Mick Foley Wayne on this. If if oh my goodness, I can't even think of someone. If someone who worked super soft their entire career weighed in on this, I'd be the like Miss. The, the Miss. The Miz. Yeah, he's never been hurt. He's never been hurt. He works a little soft and I actually do believe he has a skill set that is really good for professional wrestling. I think he's great yeah. on the mic. I think he's a great entertainer. He puts on competent matches. But yeah, you're not going to watch something that makes your jaw drop. It's just not going to be a mismatch. Yeah. But I mean, he's a good seller. He's a great, he's a good, well-rounded athlete. Um, but you're right. He's not going to go. He's had, I think maybe he had one. I think he had a knee injury not that long ago to correct myself. But he's not going to give you a, a 630 off the top rope or some no. shit. It's not going to happen. So when Mick Foley weighs in on something like this, and you know now Mick is going through an extreme amount of uh, health issues, I think internally he's okay. I think his heart's okay. He's doing DDP yoga and stuff. But the the bones and the ligaments and all the cartilage, I don't think that man has an ounce of cartilage left in his body. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure every bone is just rubbing against bone. It looks very painful. So when he says take it easy... I have a feeling he's talking from personal experience. Listen to the man. Take it easy. And I meant 640. I said 630. 640 off the top rope. Absolutely. Well, everyone caught that. I'll get a tweet. I'll get it. Be like, well, actually, Katie, I think you meant 640 and it's Ricochet's finishing move. Oh, I love Ricochet. He's incredible. He's another guy that I get worried about, though. He's such an he is a high flyer. I, I worked with him in. um in Ireland, and he's just the sweetest guy on the planet. He took James under his wing, and he was adorable, and he was very nice. Um, but watching him do some of those moves in the indies, like I was just like, bro, you're so good. Don't hurt yourself. Whenever he does a 640, my heart stops. Like, stop doing that. Please stop doing that. Frog splash. <laughs> it can be extremely dangerous, and we'll talk about uh, dangerous in the ring here in a second. But going back just briefly to what uh, Foley was saying about AEW, this is what he had to say about... Uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley about their performance. He says, maybe they're not showing the patience they need to. I would say that Moxley and Kenny Omega shouldn't have had their first match in a wild anything goes environment. I think these are mistakes made out of wanting to give people the absolute best product they can, but I do feel like there needs to be somebody reining in their enthusiasm and I just feel like that is a uh, that's a very interesting conversation, and that's a really good point. And as a fan, of course, I want to see everything always be amazing, but I also do like traditional, old school wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
I can go yeah. for I can go for a Bret Hart versus Owen Hart match any day. Yeah. I think that they're learning. I mean, it's all this is all part of their growing pains. They're not going to be right now. They're beating WWE or they're beating NXT in the ratings, which is great. I think they're on their third week of beating in the ratings to um, this week is uh, Bash at the Beach in Miami. Mm-hmm. And last week's show, they beat W. They beat WWE NXT. Um, but the show was glitchy. Not everybody was on their game. Camera moves were off. Um, calls in the ring were off. So like everybody, they need to have those nights where they're like, okay, this wasn't, we weren't quite on tonight. This is, we're going to do better next week, which luckily is Bash at the Beach. It's going to be a big show tomorrow night or this week. And I think that they're just learning. It's going to come with, it's going to come with time and experience. Absolutely. And I, I just completely agree with you. It's going to come with time. It's going to come with experience. They just need to pump the brakes perhaps a little bit and perfect, like a perfect match does not require insanity. I think a perfect match, I've been watching a lot of the old school stuff um, Mm -hmm. from the 90s and early 2000s and some of the 80s matches, WCW, back in the day before the NWO and all of that stuff. It was actually really interesting because some of those matches were just straight up technical. And no one really talks about this too, but Hugh Morris was a great big man. I watched a couple of his matches. Like, there is a way to have a totally badass, interesting, compelling, fascinating wrestling match where mm-hmm. nobody at any point in that match has a risk of breaking their neck. Yeah. And they're, I think they'll get there. They also have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. They they've do. Got, they've got four. They've got the Young Bucks are creative. Kenny's creative. Brandy's creative. Cody's creative. Like, that's a lot of creative cooks in a kitchen. And Tony is kind of just, he's a money mark, not to disrespect oh, yeah. no, the Tony man, doesn't, but like. No, it's his kid that wants to do the wrestling. His kid is the one who knows about wrestling, right? Yeah, Tony's the Tony's the guy that's in charge of AEW. That's the money the money guy for AEW. Right, right. Um, yeah, and there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Do you think, because I know there is, I've heard this online and in some wrestling forums, there is a bit of a tension right now between what's going on with Omega Specifically, the uh, the young bucks and and uh, and Cody. It seems like they're it's that is to have four people, four artists, also yeah. have to wear the cap of owner and um, creator of content. That mm-hmm. is tough. Say what you want about Vince, and God knows we've we've dissed him when he needs to be dissed. But there is something about having one dude or yeah. one chick in charge that takes all the blame. When anything goes wrong, when you have so many people in there, and especially, again, people who are also in the ring, splitting duty, that is <laughs> splitting duty. <laughs> you said uh, duty. I did say duty. That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. Um, but when they're splitting responsibilities from in the ring to out of the ring, executive versus wrestler and wrestler, I think it's really difficult to do. Yeah. And the, look, wrestlers at that level, a lot of these guys have, have either are or have been top guys in the past, and that doesn't come without ego. Of course not. They're all great. Love them all. They're all great people. They're all good humans. They mean well. They're doing the best they can. And everybody's, and everybody, they're they're in a huge undertaking to compete with a billion dollar company from nothing. They're not going to, they're going to have missteps. They're going to learn the hard way. And I think that's what's happening. Maybe a GM. Maybe someone who can be the face of AEW that isn't Cody Rhodes or the Young Bucks. Yeah, they need, and they've got lit, they've got legends in their in their pockets, and they've got DDP, and they've got some great voices in the the staff that's helping pull everything together. Um, but they're just they've got to learn. They'll learn at some point that they need longevity and to get it together. But that it's not bad. It's all good. Definitely not. I would love to see DDP in a GM uh, role because I want to see him. I know he's coming back to the ring, but. That's mm-hmm. just kind of a one-off. There's no way that he could um, maintain, although he is in great shape. He is I would in great love shape. to, he, and he's awesome on the mic. People love him. He's so over yeah. with the fan base. He's such a badass dude. He is a GM, I think, could be a great fit for AEW. Maybe they're right. trying to fight. Like an on-camera like, GM. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, speaking of wrestling and injuries, uh, Lucha Libre AAA uh, announced that La Parca, this is the triple A La Parca, not the WCW La Parca. Mm-hmm. He died in the ring. And this whole story is just extremely sad. Wrestling legend, whose real name is uh, Jesus Alfonso Hirte uh, Escoboza, died from injuries sustained in a fall during a wrestling event in October. So he's been like. Not doing good for a while. He was on an assisted breathing device. Uh, The next day, his lungs and his kidneys failed. 
this is according to Lucha Libre AAA. This is what they had to say on Twitter. They said, we are very sad to report that our friend and idol of Mexican wrestling, La Parca, has passed away. They go on to say, we extend our support and condolences to his whole family and raise our prayers so that they may soon heal from this. This is one of those super unfortunate things where a in-the-ring move led to the death of a man. He broke his neck, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not sure what move it was, Katie. Do you know what move it was specifically? I know he was, was I think it was a suicida where he was going out of the ring and he hit the bar, he hit the the barrier, and popped popped his neck back i believe that's the move they have video of it but i couldn't watch it because i just i just didn't want to see it it's extremely sad and he does he dresses the same as the wcw uh la who i used to love growing up by the way uh he won multiple titles the triple mania cup and the Antonio Pina Cup. He also was the top winner of the King of Kings, Kings, an annual tournament produced by Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide. And of course, there is still Adolfo Margarito Tapia Ibarra. He is uh, the La Parca for WCW. Uh, he is still currently using the name, uh, although his La Park. Although his name now is L.A. Park, not mm-hmm. La Parca. Yeah. So it was a little confusing on it was on the I, internet I te- over the weekend. I texted you. I was like, "Chairman of the board died," and you're like, "No, wrong guy." I was like, "Oh." I thought the same because I thought the same thing, and then I was like, "Oh my god, La Parca died!" And James is like, "No, it's a different. It's a triple A. It was a triple A one." And then I've un- unearthed all the the stories, but it didn't look good. And I believe it was either it was either a suicida or it was over the top uh, the top rope. A suicida's between the middle ropes. Oh my goodness. Well, that is just another reminder how real professional wrestling is and uh, how dangerous it is. And that goes back to the conversation we just had about what Mick Foley said regarding taking it easy every now and again. You got to be careful. And it's just, it's it's just one of those reminders where it's super fun. And this is why it's so aggravating when people are like, it's fake. It's like, well, that man's broken neck wasn't fake and he's dead now. So yeah, uh, it's very real in the sense that you can, easily end your career or your life in a blink of an eye so these people uh you gotta you gotta show them respect will you will they're around performing for you and uh, just hope that no one gets injured yeah it's very sad it's very sad all right well just lastly this is not sad a kentucky city has officially renamed after wwe star king corbin a couple uh... of days. this is so funny so it is this kentucky town their plan to rename the city has worked because corbin kentucky has been renamed to king corbin kentucky in honor of wwe superstar baron corbin this is according to a city's proclamation and the change took effect january 12th 2000 2020 this is the proclamation it is absolutely hilarious so this is the proclamation commonwealth of kentucky city of corbin mayor Susie rasmus she says the city of the city of corbin is a fun loving and progressive city founded in 1902 and located in southeastern kentucky the city of corbin is honored to have world wrestling entertainment also known as wwe as a guest in our city World Wrestling Entertainment has presented a petition to change the name of the city of Corbin, Kentucky to the city of King Corbin, Kentucky Uh. after superstar King Corbin. And the city of Corbin would like to honor this request. Now, therefore, I, Susie Rasmus, Mayor of the city of Corbin, Kentucky, by virtue of the authority invested in me, do hereby that the day of January 12, 2020, the city of Corbin, Kentucky will be will be known as the city of King Corbin, Kentucky, in whereas I have uh, and then there's a bunch of legal stuff. Uh, but yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, uh, the mayor like Vince was like, hey, that's kind of cool. Corbin, right? Why don't you name it King Corbin? And the city was like, hey. Why the hell not? Whatever I guarantee you, want, you WWE. I guarantee you, you though, this town is officially going to have a WWE match, whether it be on television or not, every single year. They're going. They're going there all the time now. I don't know why my, I, like, if you could hear my eye roll, like it's just so 
dumb. And I'm kayfabing a little because <laughs> King Corbin sucks. He doesn't oh. belong in a he he's awful. He can't wrestle. He he's can terrible. wrestle. King barely, Corbin can wrestle. Can barely wrestle. I'm I like him. He's a fan he's of last podcast worst. on the left, so I have to be very nice. And I do like him. And he's mean. He is mean, and I don't like him. I'm sure he's a very <laughs> nice man. I'm sure he's a very, um, yeah, very nice he's man. He's actually great. I worked with him on a WWE show. So funny. <laughs> no, Baron Corbin is now the namesake of King Corbin, Kentucky. So if you're listening in King Corbin, Kentucky, congratulations. And I'm going to say this. I think it sounds better than Corbin. Corbin, Kentucky sounds like no one has work. King Corbin, Kentucky sounds like You're not wrong. streets are paved with gold. Uh, McDonald's, everything is bigger. There's no small fries here. Like It just sounds like it's a nice, wonderful place that's the epitome of the American dream. King Corbin, Kentucky. Ugh. Casey, Casey Stay K. Stay out of there. It's awful. Get over there. I, I'm going to go to the Holiday Inn this weekend. I'm going to hang out. It was for only one day, though. Well, whatever. It's one day only. That doesn't matter. I didn't mean to rain on your. Parade. No, I know it's only for it's for January twelfth. I understand that, but I'm. But you know what? It should stay. It I, should stay. Look, you're not wrong when you said King Car- King Corbin County sounds better than King Corbin, Corbin, Kentucky. Yes. I think this mayor needs to make sure this needs to stay forever. Who wants to go to Corbin? It sounds Boring. like something that you use to clean a gun. You go to King Corbin. Where you get, you know, I don't know why I just think of fast food all the time when I think about the classiest things, but you get a curly fries. Even yeah. if you order regular fries, you're going to get a curly fry. Yeah. You get some extra sauce. Absolutely. Get that ranch. Why the hell not? Put some ranch on it. All right, everyone. Well, there you go. That's some of the news this week in professional wrestling. Uh, of course, continue to go out there and watch some wrestling. It's always a good time. And if you get a chance, whatever promotion, whether it be underground or whether it be mainstream, just go watch Professional Wrestling Live because you're going to earn such amount of respect for it. Yeah. Because what these people do is truly insane. And the fact that they can do it, like when I watch Ricochet, speaking of, I'm like, how the, like, I don't even get it. I don't understand how it's possible. And he was like self-taught or something. Like he wasn't ever a gymnast until later in life. It's insane. He's, it's insane. It, he's nuts. All right. So in mid-February, this show will be exclusive to Spotify and Katie. Do you know how much it costs to get? I heard it's free. It's free. Spotify's so, free. All you got to do, download the Spotify app, and then you can listen to Katie and I blab and blurb all about wrestling on Spotify. So thank you all so much for supporting the show. Uh, this show is growing great. Uh, the numbers are going up and up and up. We're winning. We're winning on every level. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Katie, anything you want to plug? Of course, check out Katie's documentary if you haven't yet. Yeah. Well, it's not anywhere yet, so hopefully soon. But don't you have a documentary? I have a documentary called (gasps) Hail Yourself America. Feel free to check that out. Uh, It's very fun. And I will probably be on the road. I think I'm going to go to the Zanies all over the country. You should go to King Corbin County. I'm going to go to King Corbin County. I'm going to show them my documentary as well. Hail Yourself America. You can find it at hailyourselfamerica.com. Thank you all so much for buying that. We really really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all very, very soon. We can't wait to talk with you next week. You can find us on the social media stuff if you'd like to. And uh, that's about it. Katie, anything else? No. I keep I keep thinking, should I plug my Instagram and my Twitter? Yeah, do I'm, it. I'm Instagram, I'm at the Battle Cat, and on the Twitterverse, I'm at go for Katie with a Y. There it is. And I'm Ben Kissel. You know where to find me. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. And Katie, your catchphrase for the week. Put some ranch on it. Whoa! I love put some ranch on it. That might be the one that sticks. I love that one. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot... 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.